The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time or your truth journey brought you here, make yourself at home. And to listen to tonight's full interview and every single show we have done since 2008, just go to our website and click on subscribe will get your login immediately. And if you want to give your life an upgrade, do the same by going to sanitasradio.com and sample what we have to offer. And if you want to get in touch with me, would like to be a guest on this radio program, or would like to suggest a guest that everyone should listen to, again, go to veritasradio.com and click on the contact button. I'd love to hear from you. And tonight we have a veteran of this radio program. He has been absent for a few years now. Was it a self-imposed retreat seeking a more hermetic lifestyle while continuing to uncover the secrets being kept secret from all of us? I don't know, but I'm sure he'll tell us. He's known to many of you. For over 30 years, Santos Bonacci has been researching the ancient works compiling and translating them into more accessible terms in his study of astrotheology. Santos lives in Queensland, Australia, where he presents regular seminars and webinars on demand. He also has presented lectures and workshops around the world. He joins us today. Hello, Santos, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? Very well, thanks, Mel. Um, thank you for having me, and it's a pleasure to be with you. It's always a pleasure. It's been a few years. Great to have you back. And as I mentioned before we began, I usually have tons and tons of notes before I begin any interview, and my note is empty because I know that a lot has happened with you in the past few years since you were here with us last time. Why don't we begin with, is it a self-imposed retreat? What happened? Um, well, you're talking about the six-week stint that they put me in, locked me up in a cage for uh, supposedly, quote-unquote, uh, contempt of court. Well, that's one of them. That's one of them. At one point, you actually left social media. You remember that years ago? Yep. Yep, I Let, did. Let's I did. begin with that. Okay. Well, here's my little problem. I uh, <laughs> I'm very aggressive, and I love the truth. And when I discover the truth, I want to let the world know about it. And as you, as you, as you have seen, and so yep. seeing 
seeing the response to such truth when it is well-researched and well-presented and seeing the um, negative uh, response to it in certain cases uh, just fires me up. And so when I'm on social media, I, um, I do get aggressive and I don't like it. it uh, the aftermath of uh, dealing with, um, you know, shills and all of these types um, is, is not pleasant. Uh, I'll uh, lash out and then suffer afterwards. <laughs> well, you know, it comes with the territory, you know that. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> so, so I um, self-imposed a um, my own, you know, uh, hiatus from such social media just to protect myself. I mean, it did it did get me into a lot of trouble. I, I went to jail two times for for for, for that, and um, I've had uh, a a lot of fighting, you could say. Uh, on social media, and it's taken a lot of my time, and it's been a distraction. So I've come back now recently since October, since I've been releasing um, uh, geocentric truth to the world, and I've been attacked again quite viciously, and I didn't really uh, deal with it that well. It's it's it is getting getting better now. <laughs> well, so, that's, that's it. You know, as I call it, the most polarizing subject of all, I think. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's very polarizing because it has become a religion more than any uh, plain natural science. There is a religious component to the teachings of the cosmology since Copernicus. Um, all of Copernicus's theories have been uh, put on a pedestal, same with Newton and gravity. So you've got Copernicus and the globe and Newton and the gravity. These have been turned into somewhat of a religion, and people don't realize this. They've been brainwashed, they've been hoodwinked, and there is a religious uh, air to these teachings, and it's a bit like you know you can't speak against the uh, the Holocaust. Let's not uh, you know uh, uh, World War Two. Let's not bring out any truths about what happened to the Germans and and what really really happened. We've got to be really quiet about that because some people might just get offended. Well, you're not in Europe right now because if you were, you're probably going to be getting a a knock on your door after what you just said. Yeah, well, I've been posting a lot of truths. Hellstorm is one of the videos I've been posting. Um, Hitler, the um, greatest story never, never told. told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what we need to do is um, amplify JFK's words, who said that one day Hitler will be known as rather a heroic figure for what he did in the world and what he tried to do, same as JFK tried to do the same thing against the uh, Rothschild Vatican-owned uh, fiat currency system that is enslaving humanity. They were both heroic, and um, the world needs to know it, and they'll know it from me. Well, you know what you just said, a lot of people, I mean, those are truths that a lot of people don't want to even believe or even entertain. Why do you think that is? People get angriest, you know, when their beliefs are challenged. And that, that could be the, the geocentric model. That could be what happened during World War II, what happened, you know, with Hitler and so on. Yeah, the reason being is because of the indoctrination. People pay a lot of money to go to these uh, buffoon schools that the state has set up, even the private schools. They are all controlled, contrived, and um, what they teach is demonic pseudoscience. 
basically, I have an expression for this. It's um, uh, hocus pocus, honky, shonky, wonky, dodgy, bodgy, bogus pseudoscience. That's all you get at school. You pay a lot for it. You don't get any intelligence. You get education. Um, Intelligence is suspended. People are forced into a situation of cognitive dissonance because their senses and their heart and their already accumulated knowledge uh, base tells them differently, but they have to suspend this and believe in the hocus-pocus, gravity, globe, and all of these other lies about World War II. Um, And so people buy that, literally, pardon the punt, (laughs) <laughs> they they pay for that uh, indoctrination and they are none the wiser they've been uh, stupefied their intelligence has been put on on on, on uh, suspense and they are forced to uh, gullibly uh, accept all of this hocus pocus nonsense and they believe it and so when you challenge that um you know they get offended of course because they paid all this money for nothing it's very sad you know, we've had you 2011, 2012, I think it was, the last time we had you on, I believe. And back then, we were discussing syncretism, uh, hermeticism, and astrotheology. So I'm curious, since now you're talking about the flat earth, which I know it happened to you, it happened to me, it happened to everybody out there who's discussing this. We ridiculed it. In silence, then, we started researching, and the more we try to debunk it, the more we go back to it. My question to you is, when did you notice that there was something to it? Because, you know, when I interviewed you, we never discussed this at all. Back then, did you discuss this at least internally with you, within your own self? Yeah, I was um, looking at the subject, of course, because my history goes back as a Jehovah's Witness to my early teens uh, when I first started knocking on people's doors. Back then, I was a very inquisitive type. Uh, I'd already had many, many years of study as a little child, being brought up as a Jehovah's Witness. We studied the Book of Revelation and all of these exotic uh, books and literature. Uh, The Two Babylons was one. I remember being very, very small, probably five, six, seven years of age, and it used to scare me. We used to talk about uh, all the beasts of Revelation at the uh, book study of the Jehovah's Witnesses every week. And, of course, uh, my mother used to study with us as children, Paradise Lost, Paradise Paradise Regained, from um, one of the Jehovah's Witnesses publications uh, based on Milton's John Milton's Paradise Lost, uh, the concept of the fact that we lost paradise and how do we get back to it. Um, and so in my early teens, it was uh, 1983, I remember clearly that I was making inquiries as to lost civilizations and I bought a book called, I uh, went to the library and bought a, uh, got a book called um, C- um, uh, The Secret of Lost Civilizations by Reen Norbergen and uh, in there it showed that um, many, many lost civilizations post and pre-flood occurred on this plane. And then uh, I was directed to another book called The Two Babylons by Alexander Hislop. And that's where I cut my teeth because that book intrigued me. It showed me all the um, connections in languages of all the gods. And so Set became Shem of the Bible and then Seth and uh, Saturn and 
And all of these gods were interrelated linguistically. And so this intrigued me. Being a linguist, I was brought up with Italian or Calabrese, a dialect of Italian and English. So already I had language skills. And I was learning Spanish and French and Portuguese at that time. So all of this set me on the path. Of course, I knew about the flat earth and I laughed about the flat earth, the, um, the ancient cosmology of geocentrism. And when did I stop laughing is the question because I've known about it all my life to answer the uh, question from many people who ask me, oh, why did you jump ship and, and, and how long have you? Surely it's only been a couple of weeks that you've decided that we don't live on a, on a globe. And I said, and my answer is, no, I've known about um, the true cosmology all my life. And in fact, in 2010, when I started making uh, syncretism and holy science presentations, I knew very, very well that um, we'll get rid of that person ringing me, um, that the ancients believed in the uh, the flat disk uh, cosmology. And so... I probably stopped laughing a couple of years ago, Mel. Um, the videos kept coming. The good people out there kept uh, bombarding me with uh, literature and um, evidence saying, Santos, you're just making a fool of yourself with the uh, heliocentric model. It doesn't work. It is wrong. It's manipulated. It's contrived. It's erroneous. You need to... Go back to your your texts and see that it's geocentric and everything else will work better. It will all work better. And so one after the other, I kept watching videos and I did start speaking about Flat Earth at the start of last year. And a lot of people did not pay attention because I did it subtly so as not to... Uh, I guess to shock them, and then in June, was it, was it because such a preponderance of people were now discussing it, and you felt safe to come out? Yeah, well, I had to, I had to research it properly because <clears throat> I had to merge this with with all the material that I had published on on syncretism, the sine wave, uh, astrology, and everything. So I wanted to know as much as possible correctly before um, I was able to draw graphs and and show people how I normally do, how to transition from one model to the other. And, and, and as I realized that it was easier than I thought, it was just so easy. In fact, I have to do nothing. There's nothing I need to do except to remind people that when they watch my presentations, and clearly I base it on the heliocentric model, all you have to do is just remove the earth from that model, basically, and change your perspective. And that perspective is, see, the earth does not really figure into my presentations as much as people think it does. Um, it matters not whether the earth is flat, circular, globular, or whatever, because everything I've done, luckily, very, very fortunately, is based on the ecliptic, the sine wave or the path of the sun and what the sun does. And the planets are doing something similar to the sun, so they just get carried along with that. But all you need to do 
is focus on the sine wave. And that sine wave is produced by the sun as it, as it goes from the Tropic of Cancer to the Tropic of Capricorn, year in, year out. It, um, it polarizes its, um, its energies, um, gives us the longest day of the year in uh, June 21st, Cancer, and the shortest day of the year on December the 21st, Capricorn. Capricorn. Yeah. And in between, you've got the autumnal and vernal equinoxes. And this is all you need. This is the key to understanding all of the ancient religions, sciences, mythologies, cosmologies. Um, with this, you can understand alchemy, chemistry, physics, religion. All the sciences are pinned to this wave, this beautiful wave. It's a thought wave universe and these little waves, large waves, small waves, whatever kind of waves, they are all doing the same thing. They all have equinoxes. They all have wave amplitudes and to varying degrees and sound, light, energy, vibration, it's all doing the same thing. And it can be explained with one wave. So if the Earth... Since you're talking about the constellations and the zodiac and so on, if the Earth is spinning around the Sun and the Sun is hurling through space at what what is it, sixty-seven thousand miles per hour, then how come the constellations have not changed ever since man has been observing and recording their sightings on in space in thousands of years? Exactly. So basically, they teach us we have four motions. Um, a rev. Uh, a rotation which is a thousand miles an hour, over a thousand miles an hour, which is over the speed of sound daily. We have a yearly orbit, sixty-seven thousand miles an hour, which you just mentioned. Then we have a um, another motion whereby all of our solar system is moving at five hundred and fifty thousand miles an hour around a galactic center, and we have. <clears throat> Another motion of, gee, I think it's about a million miles an hour or more um, as the whole galaxy is moving through space. So when you factor in all of these um, four movements, motions, we are actually traveling one billion miles a year. <laughs> so, so with one billion miles every year, now I've done 52 billion miles in my life because I'm 52 years old, and I have not seen a change whatsoever in any of the constellations in all of my life, not even one minute or one second of degree of arc of parallax have I witnessed in any of the constellations. So Taurus is still the same, and yet they tell you that Betelgeuse is billions of light years further than, than Aldebaran, the eye of the, um, the bull, and, and Betelgeuse in Orion is the, the, the differential of distance there. By the way, I'm, I'm losing your voice. I'm not sure if you have any apps open or we're just losing bandwidth. Okay, let's have a look. Um, I can close a few things if that's going to help. Yep, please. Yeah, well, okay. I'm about as closed up as I can now, so okay. let's see how that goes. All right. And so 
it's funny that uh, we always. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.